they can fly for, for second place. You speak multiple languages, so can you tell me what, what they are? Growing up, I went to a French school, and all the way up until sixth grade, me and my brothers, and then my mom is from Germany, so I'm speaking to my mom, I'm speaking in German. What did you say to your mom after you got the game-winning touchdown? Mama, ich hab das Spiel gewinner touchdown gemacht. And welcome to Interesting to See, your daily sports podcast about news, narratives, takes, and gambling in the world of sports. Amon Ross St. Brown, the Detroit Lions wide receiver, got the game-winning touchdown from Jared Goff as time expires in their first win of the season. That's a uh, an interview with Nickelodeon right there. Amon Ross St. Brown, named after the Egyptian sun god. <laughs> and he speaks German and French, en français. Thought that would be a cool clip for you. German just seems so cool, but aggressive, like scary aggressive. Got some interesting stories today, a little bit more uh, news of sports kind of thing. We're going to start um, with this internet, this goal that's going around the internet, though. This is really cool. It happened a couple days ago. Uh, this guy uh, from the Ducks, he just flipped it over the net. And it like off the back of the Sabres goalie. Listen, they don't want any more traffic. In As you can see here, behind the net, the net. It looks like he's going and for the old Michigan like, gets it on the top of the stick and clips it right up there off the back of the goalie into the back of the net. All over the internet. You can see Zegers too. He grabs his head. Look at him. Zegers, the guy's name. He's a young stud. He's going to be pretty good. I just thought I'd share that for all the YouTube audience out there. Pretty cool. All right, so let's start with the. Arizona Coyotes or the Coyotes, uh, they have this really big situation with their uh, ice arena. It's in Glendale, Gila Arena. They haven't paid, I think, taxes in their bills. Yeah, so Gila Arena hates them. Gila Arena is owned by the city of Glendale. Of course, the Coyotes, they don't want to, they're not going to play there anymore. And the city of Glendale doesn't want them there anymore. They don't have a home. Everyone is pretty unanimous in that the Coyotes are probably going to leave. Either they're going to Phoenix or they're going to go way yonder. Nobody knows. They are the least valuable team in the NHL, which we'll get to in a minute. But they could be locked out by December 20th, according to The Athletic. Better get your shit together, guys. I don't know what else to say about that. Let's move over to London. We're in a women's football match, which featured Chelsea and I'm trying to figure it out. Juventus is a women's Champions League match. That's a pretty big match. A streaker, it's not a streaker, just a guy ran on the pitch. And one of these women just caught him on the blind side. Just gave him a hip check. She didn't, like, kill him or anything, but he was running around, and there was security kind of chasing him a little bit, and everyone's like, what's going on? He's on his phone. Well, the the big important thing here is that this player, I think she was a keeper? Yeah, Sam Kerr, which is, I think she's the keeper for the U.S. national team. She plays for Chelsea. She's the one that knocked this dude on his ass, and then she got a yellow card, which, what? I don't know about that. So I got the video, if you want to watch it, you can tell if you're listening the moment when she knocks him out, or she doesn't knock him out, she doesn't like die or anything. But you can tell the moment when it happens. Here, pay attention, this is what it sounds like from the crowd. They're calling him a wanker. She lined him up, caught him looking the other way. Go, his head was his head was down over the middle. Head was down. She was going over the. He was going over the middle. Head was down. Knocked him out. She got a yellow card. That's crap. I don't know what happened in the end of the game, but man, Wanka, good for her. Totally worth it. Should not have got a yellow card. Absolute travesty. 
Let's go to the association where Luka Doncic and Zion Williamson are both fat. I don't know how it's going with Zion, but apparently they've started to take away the treats from the arena. So let's move on to Luka, who says he needs to lose weight. The Mavs lost to the Brooklyn Nets 102-99. The Nets are the best team in uh, the Eastern Conference. After the game, Luka Doncic says that uh, he had a long summer. He took the, the Mavericks to, I don't know, fourth place in the West. He then had the Olympics, and then he took... Um, he took three weeks off, and he said, I relaxed a little bit too much. And if you see pictures of him, uh, baby boy is looking pretty thick. <laughs> he looks, he looks, uh, yeah, he doesn't look too, he doesn't look too bad. Well, actually, he does look bad. He looks awful. He looks absolutely awful. Oh, gross. Luca, buddy, get your head out of your ass. Update on the standings. Like I said, the Warriors, they're super back. The Suns are back. Uh, the Warriors are 21-4. and four, The Suns are 20-4. and four, The Jazz always hanging around. They'll never win anything, but they'll always almost win stuff. Uh, in the Eastern Conference, the Nets are number one. That's 17-8. and eight. No one in the East is nearly as good as everybody in the West. The playoff teams right now are Nets versus Hawks, Bulls versus Cavs, Bucks versus Sixers, Heat versus Wizards. So the association heating up as well. In the NHL, Forbes found uh, a report, and they're reporting on how much every franchise is worth. And for the first time in history, a hockey team is valued at $2 billion or more after a one-year percentage increase of 21%. That would be the New York Rangers, followed by the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Montreal Canadiens, the Chicago Blackhawks, and the Boston Bruins. Rounding out the top 10, Philly, Edmonton, the LA Kings, the Detroit Red Wings, and the New York Islanders, the least valuable team in hockey. As you mentioned earlier, the Arizona Coyotes. However, the Coyotes had a 40% jump over one year as these new TV deals from TNT and ESPN have really helped out the sport, which they really desperately needed. Uh, the, the biggest mover that I found, I mean, I didn't go through this like and pour over the data, but I'm, I'm quite certain that the biggest mover has been Nashville, who has increased in value 122% over five years and 38% over one year. So that was about the time they started competing for Stanley Cups and started taking things quite a bit more seriously. Um, Vegas has increased 25% over one year. They, of course, have not. David, uh, the, the, the Knights, of course, have not been around long enough to be part of this. Uh, oh, I found the Devils. Wow, the Devils increased 142%. They sucked, and then they were better again. So this is, this is ultimately good news for hockey. I think that's pretty interesting. Finally, they have a $2 billion team. Uh, so here's just the overview of the situation of the NHL. Um, the average valuation of a team is about $860 million. That's 32% more valuable on average than last year, 50% more than uh, 2018. It's not, this is, has a huge Canadian TV deal and, of course, the uh, TNT Canadian deal, or TNT TV deal, which is a really good deal uh, for the National Hockey League. The Detroit Lions are 110-1. However, they can still make the playoffs. Not joking. There are... I just want to see if this is... Let me see if I'm trying to count this up. In week 14, they need, to, they need to win out. So we'll just say they need to win out. After that, they need one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight specific things to happen in week 14. Then they need seven specific things to happen in week... Wait, six specific things to happen in week 15. Then they need seven specific things to happen in week 16. And then they need five specific things to happen in week 17. And then they need five specific things to happen in week 18. All of the crazy stuff would have to be this weekend. The craziest thing would be the Texans beating the Seahawks in Seattle. <laughs> Jets beating the Saints in New Orleans, but I don't know. Who knows? If they if they made the playoffs after starting 0-10 or 0-10-1, I think that would be the greatest uh, story in the history of sports. Speaking of the Detroit Lions, good teams win, great teams cover. 
The best teams against the spread this year, according to Pro Football Focus and anybody who has Google.com. Actually, I'm pretty sure Fox Sports put this out and then PFF stole it. Uh, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's how that happened. The best teams in sports this year against the spread. The Green Bay Packers, 10-2. and two. Arizona Cardinals, 9-3 and three against the spread. Cowboys, 9-3 and three against the spread. Patriots and Lions, 8-4 and four against the spread. The Colts are 8-5 and five against the spread. The Lions are 7-1 and one against the spread when they are four-point underdogs or more. Speaking of that, let's get to some Thursday night football gambling preview. And there's some things I like in this game, actually. So the line is Steelers plus three. Let's play everyone's favorite game. The over-under is 43.5. So 22-ish and one and a half on each side is 21-24. No. 19-22. No. Damn it. This is not as much fun as it sounds. 20-23 to is the score that they're looking at. Right around that range. That's a couple of touchdowns and a couple of field goals each. Steelers are three-point underdogs on the road at Minnesota. Minnesota, after losing to Detroit and having a really weird year, feels like the wheels are about to fall off. Essentially, everybody believes that they're going to fire their coach. Ben Roethlisberger's on a bit of a uh, retirement tour. Got some injury report news if you're going to gamble this game. The Vikings were missing quite a few incredibly good players against the Lions, including Dalvin Cook. Adam Thielen went out. Adam Thielen is out for this game. Christian Derrissaw, their starting tackle, is out. But Christian Derrissaw is a rookie, so it kind of matters, kind of doesn't. Anthony Barr, who was out against Detroit, he is back. And so is Eric Kendricks, who was out against Detroit. He is back as well. They're all full participants in practice. So the Lions, who had a lot of success over the middle with the tight end, I don't know if that's going to be the case for Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's injury report is quite a bit better. They have four players out with Joe Hayden, Robert Spillane, BJ Finney, and Isaiah Bugs. If you're like, who? Yeah, well... Whatever. So, this is exactly right. Here is what I like. I like the Steelers plus three. I think the Vikings are falling apart. Um, for me, Vikings minus three just means people think that they're going to win. I don't think they're going to win. The over-under is 43.5. I think under. Short week. Bunch of good defensive players. Can't run. Can't pass. No Adam Thielen. Yeah, I think uh, I like the under here as well. Some other bets that I like, over-under, receiving yards, Pratt Fryermuth, one of the best rookies in the NFL, tight end, over-under, 38.5. I like the over. I like the over for receiving yards for Tyler Conklin as well. Both tight ends, 39.5 yards for Tyler Conklin, who's been playing his ass off. Uh, pass attempts in the game, Kirk Cousins. I like the over. The over-under is 33.5. I don't love the over. Longest rush was Najee Harris. Jamal Williams for Detroit had 77 yards. He had two or three carries around 8 to 10 yards. I think that's completely possible. And if you want something a little risky, James Washington, anytime touchdown scorer, is plus 600. Circle back around to uh, some college football. Um, it's not funny. It's sad. It's really, it is really pathetic and sad. This is like a blog from Saturday Down South, which covers the SEC, and I write for Saturday Down South, but they are just picking up something that was reported on SF Gate, which reports uh, on the West Coast, of course, that, the, that Hawaii are uh, really, really fussy with their, uh, their head coach, that they, they really hate him now. Um, They're not happy with him, and they want him fired. And this is according to a report by SFGate, as I mentioned. So Hawaii was, had a 10-win season in 2019. I, f I forget who the coach was, but he left. And now they hired uh, Todd Graham. Now, Todd Graham has a pretty storied history in college football. Um, Rice, Tulsa, Pittsburgh, most recently Arizona State. I think, was he the other guy that beat Notre Dame a couple years ago? I think when, when they had um, Berkovici. It was a pretty good, it was a pretty good team, right? 
uh, the players have reached out to these reporters and are saying this. So that means that they're, they're actively trying to get this guy fired. They don't want him. He insults his players. He threatens to take away playing time. He doesn't allow them to talk to him. He said, quote, uh, stop talking back. Or I'm going to take away your senior year. I don't know what to make of this, but Hawaii plays Memphis on Christmas Eve in the Hawaii Bowl. Get that. Not a bad, not a big, bad, not a bad get there for the Hawaii Bowl, huh? Not, not bad at all. Not bad at all. Good for Hawaii making that happen. I, I can't believe that they were able to, to nail <laughs> getting that team. Earlier this week, the United States announced a diplomatic boycott of the Beijing Olympics. That just means that when the Olympics happen, that often these countries will send people that are famous and govern the country to go watch the Olympics and meet with other people from other countries. It's like a, like a low-key party and celebration um, of athletics, and then you get some diplomatic meetings. It's a good time to interface. The United States is not sending delegates to China for human rights concerns. There's anti-religious rights concerns. There's anti-democracy uh, rights concerns. There's anti-gay rights concerns. And then there's like overall privacy and control rights concerns. And then this is, of course, uh, exacerbated by Peng Shui, who uh, like disappeared and people think is being completely like controlled by the government now after she alleged sexual assault. Uh, by the the dude in China who is in charge of the athletics. So now people are really freaking out. And now for athletes, it's been a really tough situation. The Wall Street Journal, of course, has a pretty great rundown of all of this in terms of what athletes are doing. So there's a uh, really great American skier. Um, her name is Michaela Schifrin, and she was really worried about going to China, as reported last year. But recently, after a race, she was asked about the Pang situation, the, the, the tennis player situation. And she said, quote, sorry, call me after the Olympics. And like, that's, that's what's happening now for the athletes that are going to Beijing. They're just screwed. They want to go to China. And NHL players have begun angling not to go. Robin Leonard, an American goaltender for the Las Vegas Knights. Is he American? Let's just double check that fact. Robin Leonard. Be from America, Robin. Oh, nope. He's Swedish. Oh, that makes sense. Leonard is a Swedish name. He's not going to the Olympics. He says for mental health reasons, because if you test positive for COVID, you have to stay in China for three weeks. You can't come back and play hockey. And if you can't come back and play hockey, you can't make money. Also, like you're stuck in China where you don't have any diplomatic help or any of that kind of stuff. And you can't speak out against the government because then who knows? Like, do you think they're really going to take care of? Like, are they, are they really going to take care of someone like Robin Leonard? If he gets stuck there for COVID, or are they just going to shut him in a hotel slash prison? So like the NHL players don't want to go. They, they do not want to go to China right now, and they're not the only ones. But for, you know, a skier, this is a really huge deal. It's kind of a, kind of a, scary, kind of a scary situation happening in the Olympics, but that, that seems to be par for the course. Every time the Olympics come, something preposterous is bound to happen. I think the biggest news that we have today, however, has got to be from Charles Barkley. There he is. Pull him up on the screen right there. Charles Barkley, in an interview said that he decided to name his daughter Christiana after the Christiana Mall in Delaware. <laughs> it is a beautiful name. I love the name Christiana. He names his daughter after the Christiana Mall. Oh, Charles, you are one of a kind. Never change, buddy. I'll be back in better than ever. Tomorrow we'll preview Army-Navy in this week's NFL action. Of course, have some best bets. Review Thursday Night Football. Army, Navy, one of the greatest games of the year. Singing of the alma maters. We'll look into that and do all of the stories that everyone does this time of year. Like, rate, review, subscribe. I'll be back tomorrow.